right, now it's time to talk with one of my all-time favorite Texans to ever come through. He's a Houstonian, the pride of North Shore. We're talking about another nose tackle, another defensive lineman, Earl Mitchell. Earl, how the heck are you, man? What's going on? I'm doing great, man. Uh, I'm glad you uh, brought me on the show. Yes, it's always good to have you on a show. I haven't had, had you on a show in a long time. Uh, yeah. You were here from 2010 to 2013, part of the first two playoff teams in Houston. You're one of the first and few guys who was ever drafted by the Texans who was from this city. Let's rewind since it is draft weekend. Let's go back to that that day. I think it was a Saturday or a Sunday back when that happened. But what was that like when you got the call and found out you were going to be a Houston Texan? And it was uh, one of the greatest feelings ever. Uh, you know, just uh, being at home, just, you know, just kind of wondering where you're going to go. Uh, just wondering what uniform you're gonna wear, and uh, you know, I just I was uh, out in Humble, Texas, at my my sister's place, and and uh, when when the when my name popped up on the screen with the Texans logo, man, the, the house just erupted, and everybody was just even more excited than originally planned. Like no nobody anticipated me actually uh, being able to come back home, and, and it was the uh, it was such a such a great feeling, uh, you know, story. I guess beginning, uh, storybook beginning, if you will. So it was just a very, uh, very, very fun time. And it was really cool because normally, the, you know, the Texans will, will select a player, and within a few minutes, they get them on a conference call for the media. Yeah. The media asks them, asks them a bunch of questions. And I think they did that for you, but I'm certain that they actually had you come in either later that day or the next day and do a, a press conference in the stadium, right? No, I, I came that uh, like shortly after. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Like literally drove uh, right to the stadium from right at that moment. And my family is just—I remember my sister. She just she literally honked the horn all the way from Humble, all the way to the stadium, and uh, and it was just an exciting time for my family and just uh, man, like just—I remember just like getting up there for the press conference, taking a picture with my mom and sister. And, uh, it was, uh, it was, you know, like, un undescribable, you know? Yeah, it sure was. It was a fun time. I want to get back into football and your career and everything in just a bit. But first of all, where are you right now? What are you up to? What's going on in your, in your world? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm here in Houston. Um, I'm uh, just uh, here in quarantine, man, just taking it one day at a time. Uh, you know, just, uh, you know, I try to stay in touch with my family as much as I can. It's, obviously uh easy um you know because everyone's here but you know you still have to like facetime and just uh, maintain the uh the social distance social distancing requirements you know just trying to keep everybody safe but yeah everybody's uh, I'm, I'm here in houston uh just um just uh, trying to i'm trying to just stay focused and maybe get rid of this old uh playing weight if you will <laughs> yeah you say old playing weight but We've heard that before. We heard that you had retired before. But then what happened? Take us through what happened as far as, hey, I'm going to call it quits, but then coming back and, and everything. I know the San Francisco fans know the story quite well, but I don't know that Texans fans know it quite as well as they do. Yeah, you know, um, you know, kind of taking it back, like a big reason why I ended up in San Francisco in the first place was, uh, you know, the majority of that staff uh, from the Texans uh, were ended up in San Francisco and, I, uh, you know, Coach D'Amico Ryan's and Jeff Scanina, like uh, it just it was just it just felt it just felt home for me. But um, you know, after my after uh, my after two years there, I just kind of decided like, yeah, you know, I think I'm 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 pretty much done. And 
and uh, you know, I was uh, I was excited about that decision. But then uh, John Lynch ended up giving me a call um, after I spent the entire season not playing. Uh, <laughs> just uh, I was just kind of like right on the that that last step of acceptance of retirement, I guess. And then uh, John Lynch gave me a call and he asked me if I wanted to come and join him for the playoffs and. And that was just an offer I couldn't refuse. It was uh, really an exciting three weeks. <laughs> I bet. I can only imagine. How how tough was that physically for you? Because you said you were retired. Like, how much were you still keeping in? I mean, you can never keep in football shape unless you're playing, really, because of the hitting, yeah. pads, and all that stuff. But you were in still pretty good shape if you were good enough to come along and, and join a playoff team for, for the January-February run, weren't you? Yeah, it's a different game. It's a different animal. Um, it's, it's more mental than anything. Um, my entire career, I've been pretty blessed with uh, staying significantly injury-free. Um, and uh, I think the best part of it was just me able to kind of go back and just – it was just like riding a bike. And I think for me, more mentally, it was just a little bit different just because I've been – this is the first time since I was 15, you know, that I haven't really just played a full season. And my mind was just a little bit, just kind of, kind of strayed away from the game a little bit, but, um, but uh, I was excited to kind of, to go back and see how well they've progressed and, and, um, and to, to kind of just like, just jump back in. It was, uh, it was, um, it was, it was exciting. And I was, I was thankful for that opportunity to get, to get back to, to playing. No doubt. Now, you had a taste yeah. of the playoffs here with the, the Texans. I think you, you played in the playoff game with the Dolphins. Correct me if I'm wrong. But what was it yeah. like getting to play in the Super Bowl or get, being around a Super Bowl team like that? Yeah, that, that feeling was uh, just just surreal. Like, you know, I, I, I never thought I'd get, a, get that opportunity. And um, that, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's rare, you know. Uh, a lot of players, you know, they, they, barely, they rarely get chances to play in the playoff game. So, like, to be able to say I played in the Super Bowl, was uh just uh it was it was awesome um you know got to go back and play in Miami and uh yeah. my family family got to come and play got to come and watch and uh it was just uh um it was a uh, it was a really 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 exciting uh atmosphere uh just uh it was it was different you know like you you um, you know you make a play and you turn around and you see Beyonce and Cardi B and, <laughs> and it was just it was just different just uh really uh you know really uh, really fun though that's great so uh let's get the Drew's dozen going we're gonna do 12 questions some of them pertain to football some of them are just gonna be weird uh you've seen the Sean Cody interview so you're you're prepared you're ready oh yeah man. I, I never a, doubted you anyway yeah. but you, you have an idea of what's coming up so how nervous first one how nervous would you get before a game and how did that compare with how nervous you were for the Super Bowl um I don't think I was I would ever be too nervous before a game uh, before a game was like one of my favorite uh favorite times you know get a get able to look around the locker room one of my one of my favorite moments just as a player as a whole was just like looking around the locker room and uh, seeing one guy in particular, Brian Cushing, he would, uh, he, he would, I, a lot of people don't know. That's probably, probably a story. He probably wouldn't like for people to know, but like he would, uh, he would throw up before every game, but, and uh, he would just, and he was just very like loud and aggressive about it. And wanted the whole <laughs> locker room to see, like he would get right in the middle of the locker room and just like, just have at it. But, uh, I, I'm, Nervousness wasn't really a thing for me. I just, uh, I, uh, it was, it was probably the easiest time. The, the practice week was probably the most nervousness, and then 
the game, it was just like everything is ready. So, so it kind of mirrored your everyday persona because you seem to be a, a pretty calm, collected guy off the field. So it's sort of the same type of deal, huh? Yeah, yeah. I, I just uh, kind of just brought my natural energy to the game and I wanted uh, everyone to, I think, I think if you kind of, if you're nervous, uh, you kind of, you pass that on and, you know, it's kind of con contagious. Yeah. So I just, um, I, I wanted, I wanted people to know that I was, uh, as I wanted them to know that I was uh, really confident and that they can trust me uh, to do what I was supposed to do. I like it. All right. Uh, which of your, you just brought up a former Texans teammate, which of your former Texans teammates do you still keep in touch with? Um, I keep in touch with uh, Jared Craig, uh, Tim Jamison. Um, we have a, we have a pretty funny group chat. Uh, Daryl Sharpton. Uh, you know, uh, I'll reach out to JJ every once in a while, check up on him. But uh, yeah, we uh, we that that was a tight knit group, and that was a really fun time. Yeah, it was. You brought up Sharpton. Is he one of the most underrated, funny people of all time? Yeah, severely. I, I think I, it used to bother me that like he wasn't able to kind of put his personality out there. But uh, I think it was just he, you know, he he felt that like I'm, I'm a middle linebacker and people got to know I'm serious. But like he he was probably one of the the least serious people you'll ever meet. Just a <laughs> super funny guy. I, I miss that guy. Like miss playing with that guy. He was he was awesome. And now he's making furniture. Is that yeah? I mean, it's wild. He's he, he had. Yeah, an interesting pas passions, and uh, you know, he that that was something he would like talk back then about. Like uh, that was, I know, just and I wouldn't be surprised just because I knew him as a person. I'm like, all right, you know, <laughs> that's yeah. good stuff. Okay, who's the nastiest offensive lineman you ever had to square off against? The nastiest. Um, I um, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to say uh, Incognito. Uh, oh, yeah. I think he brought he brought a uh, energy out of out of uh, everyone on the O-line. Like, I remember him and him and Antonio really didn't have the best, uh, you know. Um, they, they, you know, they kind of, like, Antonio's animosity for him just kind of, like, brought a different energy out the game. But, uh, yeah. but uh, yeah, him him along with maybe uh, Mike Pouncey, a uh, guy I got to play against when I was with the Texans and practice with every day when I was with the Dolphins. So, uh, he was just, uh, he was a different animal. I bet. Yeah. So were you on the field when uh, the whole brouhaha with Incognito and Antonio happened in the preseason that year? Yeah, it was. And uh, that was, um, I, you know, it was funny. <laughs> um, he, we, I remember coming into the meeting that week and he, he told Bill, our D-line coach, uh, Bill, he was first thing, like he comes in, he slams his uh, notes on the table and he was like, hey, he was like, if Incognito says something to me, first thing, Fisticos. And it's just one of those things where you just think it's all talk, but it's only really, he was serious. Yeah, it wasn't just Fisticos, it was helmet cuffs. So it was a. Uh, oh, man. Yeah, he went off, man. I, you know, we, memorable. Yeah, we, 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 we missed him. We missed him for a while after that. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, what's your best Antonio Smith? That's one good Antonio, but I'm sure you have a better Antonio Smith story, don't you? I mean, plenty, man. Uh, I mean, it's not every day you come across a ninja fortune-telling cowboy. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was one of the best. Was one of the best characters of all time. Like, uh, I think uh, as as far as my teammates go. Yeah. But I uh, just uh, I just remember um, just like him, like he would come in with the, all the, the the fancy snake boots and I mean. 
he, he actually uh, actually gave us a, all a pair, and he was just uh, him and him and him and Mario Smith would always just talk about funny things that they should buy the uh, buy buy. Like uh, I remember one time they were having a conversation about buying tigers, and uh, he was dead serious, <laughs> and and just uh, yeah, he was he was just one of the best characters. Um, entire football experience <laughs> pretty much nothing you could say about that guy would surprise me i mean you just you kind of summed it all up cowboy ninja fortune teller tiger i mean that's yeah he's you kind of run the gamut there with him Tom what was the loudest game you've ever played in as a houston texan do you remember that one yeah i'm uh i'm gonna have to steal i'm gonna still i'm gonna still the same one from sean that playoff game mm-hmm. uh, i guess the Bengals, uh 2011 i believe yeah uh, that was that was the loudest game I've ever been a part of, and that's and that's a ten year career, and like not even not even trying to be biased here. That was a uh, you know whenever I went to another team, I, I told people about it. Um, uh, other than that, I had to go back to college, you know, maybe uh, get Arizona versus uh, University of Oregon, but mm-hmm. but uh, that that playoff game was um, was by far the loudest game I've ever been a part of. You had an interesting college career at Arizona, you played all over the place, played fullback even a little bit. What do you remember most fondly about your time uh, out there in the desert? What was that like? Um, it, was, it was it was a great time, you know. Um, I got to play uh, offense with, um, you know, Nick Bowles and Rob Gronkowski. And uh, and um, one of just, it was just really fun because, like, Rob as a young player, like, he would just run – up the middle of the field and just throw his arm up like like I'm open and <laughs> and and like because so, yeah, sometimes he would just like you know, forget plays at times but uh but uh, just uh just being able to play with some some legends in this game uh just uh, in college and uh, got to run with the ball and all that good stuff that was uh, I learned everything about football when I was in college got to play offense got to play defense that's where I felt like I really grew as a player. Yeah, and before that, you played for one of the marquee high school programs, not just in the state, but really now in the country. I mean, North Shore, it's an amazing football school, and you were part of that, part of building that success. How proud are you to be from there, and how proud are you to be, or how proud are you to see that they've continued that success even after you're gone? Uh, I'm extremely proud. Um, I love to go and watch them play. Um, That was um, that. That stint where I didn't play during the entire season, that's what I spent most of my time doing, just trying to get a really? chance to go and watch those guys play. I went to Dallas and watched those guys play in the state championship, and uh, they, uh, they they did amazing. Coach K, um, you know, he uh, he's done an amazing job with those kids. Uh, that team is uh, phenomenal. I look forward to all those guys, like, you know, having an outstanding careers in college and, um, you know, hopefully going to the NFL. And I, um, I, I enjoy uh, – you know, watching those guys be successful, and um, I, I, I was, uh, I'm really proud to have yeah, gone there and, and learned from some of the best, and and, uh, and and just be a part of that program. All right, so that was high school. What was your first job ever? My first job, um, my first job was just I was a pretty blue collar man. I, I cut yards. Um, yeah. I really wasn't like I didn't. I never like got an opportunity to sign applications and like actually work at places. But like that's I, a I job. Yards man. That's a lot of job. Yeah, man. I cut yards around the neighborhood, um, and uh, you know I just I did like little. You know, if anybody like needed help, like um, you know, I did a lot of work for my high 
high school coaches and, uh, you know, I would cut their yards, I would grunt their tubs, I would, uh, you know, babysit their kids. Like I was uh, doing everything that I could to like just uh, get some get some cash back, man. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. So what was the first big purchase? Was it a car? Or was it something? What else? What'd you buy with all that money? <laughs> my first big purchase, uh, probably my truck that I still drive to this day. Everybody really? still makes fun of me. Yeah, my uh, F-150. Uh, everybody uh, still like is kind of surprised. But when I went to Miami, I left my truck here and I'm like, I still got a bunch of miles on it. Like nothing is good. So <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, probably my, 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 my truck did not. That was the I first thing that I bought. So what did you have to drive when you were in Miami? Was it a Lamborghini, Ferrari, or something like that? Was it? Uh, you know, I, I, I tried to try to switch it up. Once I got to Miami, made it big time. You know, I, I had to compete with some of the, you know, some of the high-profile athletes. You see Hulk Hogan and Fat Joe and, like, these guys. I was like, all right, let me get a Lamborghini or something. Okay, nah, you, you brought his nah. name up. So, and I know you're a big wrestling fan, so we got to get in. We got to get a lot of wrestling questions in here. Uh, if you <laughs> had a tag team partner, all-time wrestling greats, who would your tag team partner, partner be? Wow. Uh, tag team partner got to be Steve Austin. Okay. Stone Cold. Yeah, that would be, be my guy right there. He's been my favorite since I was, like, 10. So, uh, just um, charismatic, tough. You know, just uh, one of the best. You know, we're doing a podcast. Like, this is a video, but it's also going to be a podcast right now. He's got one of the best podcasts around. I mean, he is – you talk about being one of the best wrestlers. His podcasts are – have you listened? Yeah, yeah. I love He's those. Uh, just uh, one, of the, one, of the, one of the best talkers in the business. Uh, just uh, – and he's, he's meant for podcasts, so he's perfect. He can talk about anything and nothing, and it would be great, you know. Yeah, and two people who are – he'll talk to other – you know, he's talked to Hogan – but then I, I remember he did one with his his trainer that was awesome too, and he does it all from the yeah. main streets of Los Angeles. That's what I like about that. <laughs> I like about that Stone Cold. Okay, uh, what would your song be if you're just uh, you're wrestling by yourself? What would your intro song be? Would it be something that you sang yourself, like uh, "I'm a Real American"? Would it be another song? What would it be? I mean, I think I think uh, you know, since being I'm a, a local guy, like I think it had to be like something. Uh, Maybe, maybe like something where it's like like some thug or something. Like I, I want people to know that I'm from from Houston. It's uh, just uh, and, and and everybody can feel that vibe. Like I think this whole our city just brings a, a whole vibe to to anywhere. So I, I think everybody would just know instantly. Like Houston, you know. So got to be something. Yeah, some local. Some local. <laughs> That's a good 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 choice. So wait, have you met many wrestlers in in your uh, in your time? Yeah, I got to, I got to meet the Undertaker. I sat next to him uh, on a plane after WrestleMania. Wow! And uh, that was that was uh, that was intense for me, you know. <laughs> that was, like he's been one of my heroes uh, since I was a young boy. I uh, got to meet Sting and Diamond Dallas Page and uh, the Dudley Boys. Um, yeah, it was uh, that, these these are some guys that I looked up to for a long time. So that was really fun. All right, you got to rewind then. You're riding on a plane back to Houston or wherever, how's yeah. that, okay, do you sit down, were you sitting first and then he sits down, did you sit down after him, were you asking him questions, were you quiet? Or oh yeah, for sure, for sure, like so when I was, I was sitting first class, of course, mm -hmm. <laughs> on the back row. You're a first class type of guy, right? No, uh, no, no, <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is literally like probably the second time I've ever like rolled first class. You don't have to, it's okay, man. It's a <laughs> <laughs> You said in first class, it's cool. You're telling a cool story about, about The Undertaker. Man. 
So I'm I'm sitting in the back row by myself, and then uh, I noticed that the Undertaker, um, he was he was sitting, and then there was a, an older woman, and uh and and on the second row behind the older woman was her husband. They weren't sitting together for some reason, and then Sting he gets on the he gets on the plane and he sits in the second row where the older gentleman is supposed to be sitting, and then I noticed that like uh, I noticed that. Sting was basically trying to take someone else's seat so he could sit next to his wife. Uh, me sitting by myself, I just I decided to get up and I told him that they could have my seat. And then basically, long story short, the, the older woman, older gentleman, were actually able to sit together. And they were like, "Well, like, do you want to take my seat next to the Undertaker?" And I'm like, "I guess, you know." <laughs> <Of course. laughs> Yeah, so like me, uh, me and Undertaker, we got to share a bunch of cool stories, and uh, uh, he, he and and he told me these stories as if it was the first time he's ever told them, and I'm sure he's told them countless times. And yeah, that tells you about that tells you a lot about him. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I was just uh, I was actually thankful that you know he didn't get annoyed with me because I had plenty of questions asked about Kane, Nick Foley, Steve Austin. That's cool. That's pretty much the most Earl Mitchell story of all time because you're sitting in first class, you help some other people out and uh, make their day, and in the process, good things happen. You get to talk with a wrestler. I mean, that's doesn't get more Earl Mitchell than that. Well, last thing, what's next for you, man? What's the future hold? You know, I'm just I'm taking it one day at a time right now. You know, this is uh, my first time making it without football. Um, so I'm thinking about possibly taking uh, classes down at a uh, full cell in Orlando, maybe, and really just kind of get behind the scenes internships with the WWE, behind the scenes doing some talent recruiting. Uh, that's really, um, really where I'm, I'm thinking about heading. That's been a passion of mine. Well, that's awesome. I hope it all works out for you, and uh, I hope we get to keep in touch and see you around from time to time. But Earl Mitchell, Houston Texans nose tackle, longtime NFL veteran. It's good seeing you, man. Best of luck, and we'll uh, hopefully talk to you again really soon.